Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty. Oh, that sorry. too. I start, no, that's I start, good. I started talking before you did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody, the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I'm Christy Francesco. Joining me this week is George Rogers, Dean Holzapple. What's going on, boys? Howdy doody. It's howdy doody time. Hi, Chris. Hey. Um, all right. So today uh, we are continuing rolling with the January uh, Royal Rumble theme. Uh, and we are going to go way back. We're going 29 years ago. Um, way back machine. The way back machine um, to the 1993. Thanks, yep. The 1993 Royal Rumble. Uh, last week we talked about the 1998 Rumble. The company is in a completely different place just five years earlier. So it is wild. Uh, to talk what we're going to talk about tonight about this show and then if you guys go back and listen to last week's episode how different the business is just within a five year it's amazing in in pro wrestling it's almost it's completely different than any like pro sport or anything like that if you just look at wrestling like with you get in that bubble and you go like from like 95 to like 97 within two years, how different the entire mm-hmm. landscape of the industry is. Um, it's absolutely insane uh, when you look at it, okay. whether it's, whether it's um, revenue, whether it's the roster, uh, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. And you're going to see it, a, a prime example of this with the show. Um, well, so I ju- think, Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. It, go you, it cut out. So I thought you stopped talking. Oh, okay. All right. No problem. <clears throat> so, to kind of what I like to do as always is give everybody a, a, a view of what we were doing before. And for the rumble, I kind of want to go a little bit ahead when it mm-hmm. comes to the buys and what these rates were. So let's just go back to 1990, the start of the decade, the 1990 rumble had 260,000 buys. Um, 1991 jumped all the way to 440,000. Um, 1992, uh, which is arguably, in a lot of people's eyes, the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Uh, right back down to 260,000 buys. 93, the one that we're going to talk about tonight, went all the way down to 175,000 wow. buys. Um, wow. And at this time... That's because they knew Randy Savage was going to try to pin Yokozuna. At this time, 1993, and this is a prime example, uh, and then we'll get into 94-95, uh, 93 you're basically you're at the end you know hulkamania is is done at this upcoming wrestlemania which is also wrestlemania 9 which is number one the worst wrestlemania of all time oh yeah um and somehow hogan got a fucking match in that (laughs) somehow hogan wins the (laughs) wwf title at the end of that show against against that worked <laughs> that worked for him, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Against um, Dean's main man, Yokozuna. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I wanted to say something when you were talking about uh, how yeah. the, the the landscape mm-hmm. of the business stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just six years prior to this was WrestleMania three. Isn't that amazing? And then just look how different the company was in a six year period. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, absolutely man. wild to think yeah. you went from the you know the biggest WrestleMania of all time. Yep. You know, as spectacle wise, you know, you mm-hmm. matches, you know, the Andre vs. Hulk to Randy Savage trying to pin Yokozuna in, in a Royal Rumble match. And what's <laughs> what's even 
What's even crazier than that is that like six, the berserker showing up. Yeah, in that six-year period, you went from the absolute peak of Hulkamania to the end. Mm, yeah, like that's that's on six years. That's it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just it's incredible to, to think about that. Um, so yeah, 1993 had 175,000 <clears> buys. 1994 had 205, so not that much more. 95 was 230. Um, so just to kind of give everybody an outlook here. To a lot of people, the second biggest pay-per-view of the year is the Royal Rumble. If you look, if in it, 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 and I don't go up to the late 90s, but just to let everybody know, the Royal Rumble really doesn't start getting a lot of buys until 99-2000 when it gets into hmm. the 500,000, a couple 600,000. The second biggest pay-per-view of the year consistently every single year since its inception, besides Romania, obviously, is SummerSlam. So the the amount of the amount of buys at SummerSlam just almost trumps Rumble every year is astonishing to me um, because the Royal Rumble is the only pay-per-view up until 2011 where there, it's the only pay-per-view that really has any stakes. Mm-hmm. There's anything that's that's you know, until the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, the Rumble was the only thing left that you had. Well, this winner, if you win the Rumble, you got your main event at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing to me that it just wasn't a big draw. And I don't know why. Is it because people didn't want to pay for a one-match pay-per-view? Which, when we always go over these Rumbles, it's the common theme is it's almost like a one- or two-match show. Yeah, are you telling me you didn't want to watch Doink the Clown versus Jim Powers? Uh, I don't know who wouldn't want to watch that, first of all. <laughs> Actually, nobody did because it was a dark match. <laughs> so, here we go. I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was hoping Tom Zink would show up. <laughs> that doesn't work for me, brother. It doesn't. <laughs> 1993 Roy Rumble took place from Sacramento, California. as It was a sellout, 16,000 people, $187,000 gate. There was this this pay-per-view made more money than it did buys. Um, uh, this was the lowest bought pay-per-view of the year in, in the WWF in 1993. Um, the, the year 93 meant a ton of changes within the WWF. And I mean, a lot of changes mm-hmm. after. And another another big deal why 93 was also so bad and such a rebound year. We are less than a year removed from the 1992 steroid trial. Um, yeah where Vince McMahon decided to get rid of a lot of talent that he had, and he brought in a bunch of different people. This is where it became gimmick central. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gone were the days of the just six foot five behemoth, like, you know, the barbarians, the warlords, the ultimate warriors. Uh, Hogan was Good. significantly smaller when he came back in 93. Um, you know, it, it, and, it, and it should be noted how 1992 had an all-time like great roster of wrestlers, especially in that Rumble match. A year later, the talent pool was diminished so much. They got rid of a lot of guys that were obviously steroid users, you know, and due to that trial. Um, so that's why the roster was just so depleted in 93-94 because Vince was forced to go into the new generation. This just wasn't something that was planned for three or four years. Vince didn't have a choice to yeah. really start this whole new generation thing. So, um, you know, as we talked about in the top of the show, the Hogan era was pretty much finished by the time 1993 came around. 
you know, of course, uh, brother, brother, brother found his way brother, into the brother. W. <laughs> found his way into the WWF title match at WrestleMania nine, <laughs> but he randomly, but he, yeah, it was, he he's the original Money in the Bank winner. Yes, well, I guess, he, I guess. Ex- yeah. Except instead, except instead of a briefcase, he comes out looking confused, and Bret Hart just points to the ring and says, uh, "You do no. it." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what title win was more confusing, Hulk Hogan beating Yokozuna or when uh, Roddy (laughs) and Hogan won the belt. No, 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 no. If you're going to say the story, you got to say it right. I'm sorry, George. Roddy Roddy Piper pinned Goldberg and Bret Hart won the belt. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) The referee is still counting as Bret Hart gets up and he counts the three. And somehow Bret won that match. (laughs) Bret's no longer touching Goldberg. Uh, WCW in 1999 in a nutshell. Um, I'd like to preface something. And I know I'm in the minority probably with this statement um for all its faults i actually enjoyed the new generation era well so yeah so did i yeah i mean you gotta think about it it, it gave us basically you know Shawn michaels beginning to rise in into what he would ultimately become as the greatest ring mm-hmm. performer of all time mm-hmm. you had you know bret hart you know just out wrestling everybody in yep. the ring mm-hmm. um mr you know, perfect you, yeah you had a lot of there was a lot of good things you know, owen hart um, yeah Undertaker coming into his own. Taker, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed the feud. Honestly, I know like Sid gets a lot of shit, but I thought the Shawn Michaels Sid feud was pretty decent, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um I, I agree. So I, there, there was, was some good there's some good stuff in the new generation era. It was just it's just mired by like Bastion Booger mm-hmm. and the goon. Yeah, and people Rico are man and all yeah, that. Yeah, people people are too focused on uh on the berserker and Dork yeah. the Clown. They're not looking at no. Owen and this was and, and and what was the only it's later this year? No, he wasn't in the company. <laughs> and it was only later this year that Owen was going to turn on the Hart family and then he was going to come into his own right around a, a, literally a year from now in 1994. Oh, yeah, he, we forget about Max Moon. Uh, it, was, it, it was pretty easily pretty easy to forget about Max <laughs> Moon. Demento. Oh, god, Terry Taylor when he wasn't even known as the Red Rooster, he was just Terry Taylor. Not to mention, with his, right, with his nondescript red tights. The new generation era also housed uh, SummerSlam in England. Uh, yeah. It had an awesome Bret Hart and British Bulldog match. It did. Yeah. The match that yeah. Bulldog forgot how it was supposed to go, and Bret had to call the whole thing in the ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not making that up. That's fact. Sure. Now, now that Bulldog forgot how the match was supposed to end. <laughs> so um, Bret had to call the whole thing. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'm Where I was. <laughs> uh, so the company, yeah, like we said, was moving on from Hogan. Um, and the new face of the company, at least in January, was Bret Hart. He was a WWF champ heading into the show after beating Ric Flair for the title uh, just a few months earlier on a Coliseum home videotaping. Not mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. anything, yes, no, no pay-per-view. Just it was a, it was a, just a, a Coliseum uh, a taping um, for the first time and for nearly every Rumble since it was announced. This is the first Rumble, guys. It was announced that the winner of the Royal Rumble got to face WWE champion at WrestleMania. So this is the very first mania where that stipulation became, you know, what we have today. Did you say, um, did you say WWE? I'm sorry, WWF. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, we're back in 93. Oh, yeah. Because I, I don't know what the WWE is. <laughs> WWF, that's correct. I'm here to watch pandas hit themselves with chairs. <laughs> um, 
So brother. <laughs> January 24th, 1993, in the Arco Arena, Sacramento, California. The show began with a shot of the crowd in Sacramento and the announcers uh, welcomed us to the show. We had Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan here. Um, they bickered about what was coming up. Heenan wanted to talk about the narcissist, and Gorilla said, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> hey. So, a little Don't bit of a... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, I, I, I put Bobby uh, and Gorilla as probably my second favorite announced team of all time. This was their last Royal Rumble together, which, you know, it's kind of sad looking back. Um, but uh, we get into a really good first match here, which is Can the Beverly. Go ahead. Who's your first uh, uh, announced team? Oh, it's it's JR and King. Oh, okay. And my third favorite, which is surprising. I, I did a show about this a long time ago. I actually really, really enjoyed the time of JR and Paul Heyman. Um, mm. I thought they were spectacular. Um, but honestly, I also really like um, Shivani and Bobby Heenan in the early days of Heenan and WCW. Mm. Now, for for me, it's uh, I think Gorilla and Heenan are number one. Uh, they're, yeah, for, they're just so good. For, followed by JR and the King. And then my number three would actually be Gorilla and, uh, and Jesse. Oh, God. Gorilla and Jesse. Gorilla and Jesse are my number two. Yeah, they're then, oh my god. Yeah, they're all like kind of interchangeable that top three. Jesse I mean Vinny Yeah. Vinny uh, Mac and, and King were good also. Yeah, Vince was is, is underrated. He shot my president. <laughs> <laughs> um so here we go. The Beverly brothers entered the ring for the opening tag team yeah. match versus the Steiner, <laughs> the Steiner butts in the seats. The Steiners got a big pop, man, in in, in this, and um, yeah, because the Steiners are huge, Chris. Only you don't like them. Mm-hmm. At this time, I was a fan of the Steiners because they were yeah. unlike they were unlike anything you had seen before within WWF tag teams at the time. Because you mean good? Well, not just that, but they were they were athletic, like big dudes. Yeah, like like you said, you had Demolition in the late '80s. You had Legion of Doom, who weren't athletically gifted. They were just big, um, but the Steiners, man, could do pretty much anything. Like we, you know, Scott. Anything. As much, yeah. I mean, as much as I destroy Scott Steiner, the guy did a standing Frankensteiner, like in mm-hmm. 1990, like 90. That's his move. I mean, yeah. he, that, that was his move. He invented that. Oh, mm-hmm. I just got a text from Scott Steiner, Chris. He thinks you're fat. Oh well, <laughs> uh, that's that's I, my apologies. Um, <laughs> He's got a couple of freaks in the back. That's still his best promo. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just looked at Joe, Samoa Joe. He's like, he's fat. Um, I give this. I gave this match about two and a half stars. I thought it was a solid opening tag team match. It was competitive. Um, what do you mean? Doink and Jim Powers, Chris. I was a. I was a dark match. Was a dark didn't match. air. I don't know what that means. <laughs> It means it only aired on YouTube. Oh. Well, <laughs> it it made it obviously made sense for the signers to go over because this was their WWF pay per view debut. Um, was it really? It was yes. No, um, the only paper debut debut tonight. Nope, nope. Um, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Uh, so to, obviously the Steiners were brand new. So putting them over was the right thing to do. Obviously in no world should the Beverly brothers ever go over the Steiners regardless. So, no. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was, it was a good opener. Um, they, they got a lot of slander to the Minnesota wrecking crew too. Yeah. 
<laughs> they showed a, a video package about Shawn Michaels and former tag team partner Marty Jannetty going into their oh. match. They were the Rockers with a lot of success as a team. But then obviously we know what happened in January the year before. Uh, Marty Jannetty threw himself through a window. Um, <laughs> what a coward. <laughs> Michael, what a coward. What a, he, Bobby knew he was going to do that. Um, yeah. Oh, I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> I watched you, you know, he tried to escape through that window. That coward. Michael's had a lot of success after that as a singles heel with Sensational Sherry as his manager. Uh, manager. Um, you know, they went further into the story with Marty attacking Sean. Marty grabbed a mirror held by Sensational Sherry and just smash Sherry in the face as he was trying to hit Michael. So, God, the Sensational Sherry should get so much more credit for things. I, lo- I love Sherry. Oh, man. Sensational Sherry. Yeah. Like, she's just one of the she, best. No disrespect to Liz, but to, to me, I think I think Sensational Sherry is the first woman to wrestling. Sorry. She is. I, I know. I sorry. agree with you. Um, you so, know, even- sorry, Liz. Here's some pills to do. I mean, to this day... <laughs> It's wow. like you guys don't even know who uh, I apparently you're right. don't, I don't know. Who yeah, you're, you're right. Name. <laughs> oh, God. Who did Mula beat at uh, the first WrestleMania? Wendy when, Rector? Wendy Rector. Yeah, I, I still and I still think to this day, Macho Man was at his best when he was the Macho King with Sensational Sherry. They were spectacular. Their promos, I mean, as so much cocaine, but it was spectacular. Um, especially like when Zeus came around, that was great. Slander. Um, uh, so sensational Sherry was, was introduced to watch the match at ring, ringside. This was her return from the mirror incident. Uh, Sherry was wearing a nice low cut red dress. It was probably like her best look of her career at the time. Looking elegant, um, just elegant. Yes. Elegant. <laughs> Heenan thought she was there to support Michaels. My mom soon mentioned that Michaels never even checked on her when she was in the hospital. Cause you know, we know that things. What does um, a monsoon know? I know. Janetti entered as a challenger, got a nice ovation from the crowd. Michaels went no, up, was up uh, as obviously the heel. Uh, I gave this match uh, about three and a half stars. It was a very good match with a cheap ending that was fitting for the heel. Michaels, Michaels got the pinfall. The pacing was slow, a little slow early on Michaels working over the shoulder, but when Janetti made the comeback, the fans really got into it. Um, the story with Sherry at ringside was oh, a huge why? factor. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> the super kick was not Sean's finisher during this initial heel, heel run, and he did, he did not do the kick uh, as well as he would do it in years to follow. But Because um, it, it, like it was more like a crescent kick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. What yeah. was yeah. his finisher at this point? It was just like basically um, bar. It was like a pump was handle. Like that, suplex. Was like that teardrop suplex it, or yeah. something? That yeah, it was, yeah, it was basically something, yeah, it was like, he, something he did five times and then never did yeah. again after he yeah. perfected the super kick. Right. Um, what was Marty Janetti's finisher? Cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. He's still alive. Oh, barely. Um, my God. <laughs> After the match, uh, Sherry went running to, uh, to the back with Michaels holding up the IC title as a champion. Gene Oakland was trying to interview Sh- Sherry, so Sean went to the back, and so did uh, uh, Marty as well. It was backstage uh, to Sherry with me and Gene, who tried to calm her down for being hysterical. When Michaels went up to Sherry, uh, he said she was in the gutter. She yelled, you said you loved me. Sean and Marty showed up. Uh, I'm sorry. Marty showed up to attack Sean. That was broken up by the referees and officials in the backstage area. The plan, the original plan of this feud was to go all the way through WrestleMania. 
uh, but Marty just really liked drugs at this time. So Marty, <laughs> at this time, he says, yeah. So Marty, times? what about so, now? <laughs> oh, now, yeah. I mean, so I mean, the plan, like I said, Marty was fired actually Monday after this pay per view. <laughs> um, yeah, because apparently after this match, they found out that he passed out in the locker room after the the promo. And they literally found just cocaine all in his bag and alcohol. So he literally had a match and then fell asleep for a while in the back. Um, <laughs> this is the most Marty Jane thing I've ever heard. I know. They brought Marty back again in May of 93, which just led to fuck his own daughter. <laughs> you're, that is correct. <laughs> um, this is more Marty Janetti than that. Yeah. I mean, I actually did the numbers. Marty Janetti has been fired. And brought back by the WWF on nine different occasions. So, oh my good God. lord! Yeah, so for people to think Vince doesn't give chances, he gives That's nine true. to Marty Jannetty, <laughs> um, which was ten too many. <laughs> yes, I would also like the preference. I love the Rockers as a tag team. Oh, they were yeah, they're my just, favorite tag team. I, I won't. I'm not gonna. Marty Jannetty's a mess. Chris, yeah. I got a couple. I got a couple things from that match um, that I really right. enjoyed. This was when Sherry nice. was when Sherry went to the back. And Oakland was trying to interview her. He screamed at her, Sherry, damn it, stop it. <laughs> like calmly. Yeah. yeah. Calmly. He was calmly. He calmly said, Sherry, damn it, stop it. I also I, I think I also heard a rumor that he uh asked her calmly if she put her name in the governor bar. <laughs> Gene Oakland is Dumbledore in my remake. <laughs> Um, hey, I you know I found something just now as I was perusing the, the interweb. Yeah, uh, this is this year in June. I think it's June. Uh, marks the fifteenth anniversary that Sherry passed away. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Fifteen years. Fifteen already. years. How wild is that? That's unbelievable. Yeah, wow. yeah Chris, two thousand seven was fifteen years ago. I don't. Yeah, I can't even. <laughs> I can't even believe that. Uh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't you think did, it was. You know who else died in two thousand seven? I don't know who. Chris Benoit. Well, was yes. it really 07? Yeah, 07. I keep thinking it was like 04 or something like that. Because that's well, when he won the Rumble. Well, Eddie Eddie died in 05. <laughs> okay. So, and then, yeah, Eddie died in 05. Um, so, next match, uh, we have Bam Bam Bigelow versus Big Boss Man. Just a technical classic. Um, oh, yeah. The winner. Catch his catch can style match. Yep. The winner was Bam Bam by Pinfall. I give this a, a dud rating. Um, Shame, this, because I actually enjoy both these wrestlers. I was a big fan of uh, Big Boss Man, like in the beginning yeah. stages of my fandom. I thought he had a badass uh, entrance theme too. So, oh, it's <laughs> it's, it's so it, by a cop? that's correct. <laughs> it's because he's it's because he supports cops in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, if that gimmick was around now, what heat he would have! Oh, um, oh, oh my God! Him. Yeah, just think about the heat he had when he came back and he's wearing a SWAT gear. That dude, he was hated. I know. And he was so good at it. I mean, he was, that's, so, so good. he was so good. He was so hated that, that, that walkier and the ski mask for no reason. Hey, look, he was hated so much that they fucking killed him on live pay per view at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they hung him from the top of the arena, and then he showed up to Raw the next day. Um, like ah, oh. he's just like Jesus. Boss man could survive that. <laughs> Only the boss man, not a, not drag, a, and then drag Paul White said, "Father's <laughs> casket through a graveyard with the Blues Brothers car." <laughs> yeah, oh, God. 
But the funny thing with that Blues Brothers card, that was a gimmick that he had in WCW when he was Big Bubba Rogers. So they're just like, hey, you know that same gimmick you had there? Well, we're going to do it again, but you're not going to change the NWA. He was great in the NWA. He I wasn't bad as the guardian angel too. in WCW right before he left when he was uh, yeah. like, uh, um, he was supposed to look like one of the members of the guardian angels. Yeah. And even though I, I, you know, wasn't a fan of ECW at all, I thought Bam Bam was really good in ECW. Ooh, I love Bam Bam. Yeah. Love Bam Bam, Bam, Bam and ECW was really good. Threat. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I really liked uh, Bam Bam in that, those early nineties. Um, but yeah, this was a very poor match, just a styles clash, I guess you could say. Yeah. It's just, um, they didn't seem to have any chemistry at all. The finish wasn't done well. It was a meaningful win, though, uh, for the heel uh, in Bigelow, who was the bigger guy that moved around the wing, ring very well. Um, this was the last pay-per-view match during Big Boss Man's first run with the WWF. He was in WCW by the end of the year. Um, hey, question. Do you know why he got released or fired? I don't, actually. No. Uh, I don't, maybe that's just, you know, create, I guess the creative, they just ran out of ideas. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's I, a great I, question. I didn't, if, I didn't know if you knew anything. No. Because you know um, that Marty Jannetty was fired nine times. So Yes. Yeah, I that's true. I knew at least why Boston was fired once. That's a great, <laughs> I had to find out. That's a good question, actually. Um, a clip was shown from two weeks earlier on WWF Mania when Razor Ramon attacked Owen Hart since he was Brett's younger brother. Ramon hit him with a trash can. Gasp. Um, and that didn't look like a gimmick trash can either. That looked like oh, a regular no. trash can. Yeah. Um, well, Scott Razor... the kill, man. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. He yeah. shot the <laughs> fuck out of somebody. Um, <laughs> uh, Razor Ramon entered as a challenger for this WWF t- title match. He debuted in WWF in mid 1992, um, you know, doing at the time that Tony Montana Scarface gimmick. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it's. It's crazy that a year late, less than a year later, he's, you know, in a WWF title match. Um, Scott was so good, too. Yeah, Hall. Man. What I loved most about Hall was he was 6'6", like 250. But, like, when he got into the ring with, like, guys like Michaels or Hart, he moved like he was 6'2", 215. Yeah. Like, he could just go, and he was so yeah, good. One of the – Man, if I could if I could change anybody's career, it would have been his. I agree with you. It's that's a great so good. Especially when you watch this match, you're just like, dude, this guy was good, man. I thought his gimmick was great. His music yeah. was incredible. Oh my god. His yeah. I love the different color tights <clears throat> he would always come out with. I thought Razor Man should have been literally a top, top, top star. Um Let's see. Brett was interviewed by Mean Gene. Uh, Brett said this has become a personal thing and that Razor is going to pay for everything. Um, Brett said he was going to make his family proud. Shock. Um, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart got a huge ovation. He never succeeded. He <laughs> Brett got a massive ovation. I mean, he was so over at this time in like 1993, 94. He was just so, so freaking popular. He was about three months into this first title reign after he beat Flair. In October, um, they showed Brett's parents, Stu and Helen Hart, sitting ringside. Um, Stu looked as oh, Stu dead as ever. Yeah. He, <laughs> ugh, every time I saw him, I'm like, God, that guy, he's almost done. Um, so at this point, Brett was the biggest baby face of the company. Um, at the time, obviously, I wasn't a fan of his. I was still I, I, I didn't mind him. I always liked his entrance music um, as a kid, but I was still a Shawn Michaels guy at this point. Um, so it was just, I didn't become a Sean guy till a little later. 
Mm-hmm. Like, probably when he really started to embrace the uh, heartbreak kid gimmick. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was around the time he ended his feud with Razor. That might have been it. Hmm. I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't exactly at this point just yet. The um, So here we go. WWF Championship match, Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon. The winner is Bret Hart by submission. So Razor didn't get too many WWF title matches on TV uh, uh, or pay-per-view in his career. He was always like that mid, that mid-tier, that right that level before that. So this was like a, a rare match with Razor getting to be in this major, major spotlight. Um, and I thought he did mm-hmm. damn well. I gave this match Absolutely. four, I gave this match four stars. Um, to I thought they didn't really they didn't really need to do much more to, to me to consider this. You know, a, a great match. I thought everything they did told a great story. Uh, Brett, you know, sold like an MFR for Razor. Um, it would have been, you know, nice, I thought, if Razor got a little bit more offense to, you know, more believable near falls and had more moments where it looked like he might win. Um, heart retaining was the obvious result here because the company was going with him as their top, top guy. Um, you know, in 1992, 93, 94. It wasn't like a hot potato like it is these days. Like if you were a champion, you had a good, at least like a good six month run, um, depending on where they were going. Reigns just passed 500 days. Yeah, that's that's incredible. It's just it's incredible. Um, I remember the finish well because I don't think I ever saw Brett put the sharpshooter on someone where he was laying on his back before he did it. That made the ending memorable to me at the time. And then watching it again, I remember like, wow, that's, I never saw him do that before. I'm not even sure I seen him do it after that. Um, The rest of the match was just, you know, good average stuff for the most part, good offense back and forth. Um, But yeah, I I thought Razor showed himself here and proved himself to be a main event guy. It's a shame that he never really got back to that. Even in WCW was just never a main event guy. And I guess it's, maybe well once he got to wcw he was already known to be kind of uh you couldn't trust him outside of outside of the ring but at this time i wish i just knew why vince didn't go with him yeah i i don't know question yeah yeah so uh so a little tidbit i'd like to uh add to this did bret hart actually wore my all-time favorite attire of his uh in this match with the all pink that is literally in my top 10 favorite for anyone ever that all pink is in there. And then he used to, and he wore this other one a couple times where he, um, it was like white static. It, it was like staticky. Are you and it had like, it looked like it had like, it looked like people, they were like flicking paint on it. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's yeah. the one that, that was the one that he wore at the uh, 94 rumble. Yes. That's it. Uh, hang on one second. Uh, one. All right, welcome back, Hot Tag Podcast. Sorry for that abrupt finish there. Uh, my apologies. Had a little bit of an issue I had to attend to. Um, all about being, you know, an adult, which sucks. Explosive shit is what it was. It, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, <laughs> so right before um, I abruptly ended that first uh, segment there, I did not get a chance to get to the point of the show where I wanted to get in that first part, but it's certainly not a big deal. But um, right before the Royal Rumble match, we were introduced to the narcissist Lex Luger. Um, this was Jesus the, Lex. 
Yes, this was the WWF debut of Lex Luger under the name of the narcissist, although they did bill him as the narcissist Lex Luger. Um, so they weren't like hiding the Luger name. Um, they used Bobby Heenan to introduce him. Luger flexed his muscles and posed in front of mirrors. This went on for a few minutes. Uh, then Luger did a promo <laughs> that bored everyone. Um, mm -hmm. And they also trashed Mr. Perfect a bit to tease his first feud. Now, it was crazy to me that they brought Luger in after the steroid trial. Because, I was just going to ask that to you. Like, it's like, Don't it's you think insane. it's weird? It is. That they brought in a guy who was clearly... And that's fine. Like, I don't, I'm uh, not, again, I don't yeah. knock steroid users, but I'm saying... No. Guy, you know, he was clearly, you know, regardless of how good into training he was, you don't get that ripped naturally. Yeah, just let everybody Maybe. know when you take steroids, you can't just take steroids and then sit at home and eat pizza and never work out. Like, mm -hmm. so when you take steroids, yeah. you still, they work their asses off. And it doesn't matter what kind of steroids it is. Right. Because Hogan was clearly on probably some sort of uh, Diana ball in the mm -hmm. 80s, which, is, which gave him his size and his mm -hmm. fullness. And then either he came completely off steroids or he switched over to more of a of a windstraw mm -hmm. uh, to give him that leaner look that he had for the pretty much the rest of his career. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Luger was definitely on some sort of a, a, like a Winnie V or something like that to give him that. He I mean, the dude was had no body fat on. No, because he used to say he used to four percent body fat. Yeah. And I mean, unless you got like a ridiculous fucking diet, because I haven't seen some natural guys be that ripped. Mm -hmm. But you can't you typically have the size and the leanness naturally. That's it's, that's usually rare to have both naturally. So oh, I mean, yeah, he clearly wasn't natural. But um, I mean, won't knock his work ethic, though. I mean, dude was a monster in the gym. He yeah, he definitely was. And <clears throat> so the narcissist gimmick failed just miserably. Um, wearing knee pads. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. In July 93, Lex Luger was uh, all of a sudden driving the Lex Express and an American oh, yeah, hero um, as WWF body tried body Yokozuna on a fucking oh, uh, aircraft carrier. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah, man. Dude, WWF tried not to make him shot. the next Hulk Hogan and it just <laughs> did not work. <laughs> winning uh, winning the main event of SummerSlam by disqualification or by count out but still Act, but still acting like he won the title when everybody came out and like held him up on their shoulders. It's like you didn't win the belt, Lex. He, listen, yeah. man, he ended that long standing armistice uh, from World War II by beating the Japanese. Mm -hmm. But he's Samoan. <laughs> Yokozuna was Japanese, my friend. Mm -hmm. Oh, kayfabe. Sorry. I loved, I, I loved Heenan during that whole thing. He's just, he's selling Lex so hard. It's like, oh, I know you love yourself, but but you have to you have to pull yourself away from the mirrors. Let us hear those melodic tones, and then Lex talks. It's like, Ugh, what? <laughs> um, all right, so we are here. Uh, the thirty man Royal Rumble match to to let to once again recap and let you guys know. Not you guys, you know already. Uh, but for those of you who maybe forgot from the beginning of the show, this is the very first. Royal Rumble match with the stipulation being whoever was the last man standing at the end. Um, the winner main evented WrestleMania for the WWF championship. So this was the very first one um, that had that moniker attached to it. Um, so here we go. I'm going to go through the entire Royal Rumble match here. Um, also the debut of the giant Gonzales. Stop is, talking. And we will get there. <laughs> no, we won't. 
just skip right <laughs> over that. Uh, the number one entrant was Ric Flair. He won the WWF title a year earlier from the number three spot. So Heenan theorized he could do it again. Bob Backlund comes in at number two. He was very plain and oftentimes a very boring uh, babyface role at this time. But he also looks super young. To this day, he's like 75 and looks like he's 50. Um, yeah. They were both former world champions and they're both wearing red trunks. I'm sure Vince loved that. Um there was not much action between the two as Flair chopped the shit out of him a ton. Uh, Backlund hit him with an atomic drop. Papa Shango, one of my favorite gimmicks of all time, is in at number three. Um, I'm just saying, if Papa Shango was around today, he'd be over as hell. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's Charles Wright, a.k.a. Kama, the godfather, the good father. Um, any gimmick, this, is, this was my favorite um, uh, uh, gimmick for, for this guy. Um, he went to eliminate Backlund, but Flair dumped him in just 28 seconds. Gorilla loved to talk about Backlund's intestinal fortitude. Uh, the number four spot was, to me, the second greatest wrestler to never be a WWF champion, Ted DiBiase, um, who was always who always got booked early in these matches because he was such a great worker. Um, that's how you 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 use these quality guys here. Um, most of the two, most of the two minutes were spent double teaming Backlund. Brian Knobs, the Nasty Boys, is number five. Um, <laughs> they were a babyface team, the Nasty Boys. They were feuding with DiBiase and IRS, which was Money Inc. at the time. Knobs uh, goes to eliminate Flair, but Rick held on. Uh, they paired off with uh, Backlund, going uh, after Flair, while Knobs went after DiBiase. Knobs gave the pit stop to DiBiase, which is when he sticks his armpit in the guy's face. Love it. The number six entrant is the man, the myth, the man that we give our fuck money to, Virgil, um, who, of course, Thanks. Thanks for worked, you're welcome, <laughs> <laughs> who, of course, worked for DiBiase as his male servant. It's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> um, that's, a, that's, a, that's an odd way of saying a different word that you would have uh... <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see Virgil uh, let's see here he of course worked with DiBiase Nobs charged DiBiase but Ted ducked and Nobs was eliminated from the match um, so I think that was the first elimination um, no Papa Shango was Papa Shango I'm sorry the second one you're right uh, Flair continued to beat on Backlund while DiBiase worked over Virgil number seven Jerry the King Lawler who wasn't a full-time announcer yet. Uh, Flair went after him and then bailed to the floor. He got back in. They tried to dump Virgil, but Lawler ended up saving him. Uh, Max Moon coming in at number eight. Uh, let's see here. The, the Max Moon gimmick was just awful and just did not last that long. Um, number nine is, I'm going to butcher this, Jinichiro Tenru, who was a famous wrestler in Japan. Um, that didn't have a great WWF career. No, no. Japanese wrestler he, really did at that he, point. Yeah, he's the one that when he came in the ring, he started chopping somebody, and Bobby Heenan was like, that's why it's called Chop Suey. Yep. Uh, oh, my God. Um, the roster was just so thin at this point. Um, it, there were six guys out there as the number 10 buzzes, and here comes Mr. Perfect, fresh off of a baby face turn. Um, perfect, but right after Flair. Uh, Flair bumped like crazy at this point for everything. Um, Flair did his signature top uh, upside down, inside out corner bump. Um, Flair comes back in with the chops. Uh, they would have a career ending match on Raw the next night, which Flair lost. That's just wild. 
Um, well, it was a career ending. It was like loser. It was a loser yeah. leaves town match. Yeah. You don't uh, see that too much anymore. No, nah, Flair was Flair was kind of tired and felt like going back to WCW to print easy money and work once a week, um, which is good for him. He, I mean, God, by that point, he had already wrestled like three careers at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got another Royal Rumble threat at number 11 here, Skinner. Um, <laughs> he's just... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Coco Beware comes in at number 12. He was part of uh, one half of High Energy with Owen Hart. Who cares? Um, I know. Number, thir- <laughs> number 13, one half of the devastating head shrinkers uh, tag team, Samu, was number 13. Um, uh, Samu was thrown in there by his manager, Afa, who was also his real father. Um, the number 14, one of uh, Dean's favorites, the Berserker, a huge mm-hmm. threat to win this match. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Here. Number- yes. Number 15, finally, we got something. The Undertaker, who was in his first run as a babyface. Uh, Heenan said, by the time he gets to the ring, it'll be time for WrestleMania. Little did he know. Boy, how does that <laughs> work? How does that ring true now? <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. Um, let's see here. Number 16 is the gobbledygooker himself, uh, the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor. Um, let's see here. DiBiase dumped Coco and Taylor at the same time. Undertaker, yeah, Terry, Terry, Terry Taylor lasted all of 24 seconds. Yeah, it was mercifully. Just, my God. <laughs> so here we go. What is that sound and like the size of this man that's walking down to the ring? He is <clears throat> Giant Gonzalez. Um, the, Undert- <laughs> the Undertaker eliminated the Berserker with a backdrop. Gonzalez was tall. Like, I mean, Undertaker was looking up at this dude. Like, that's it was just. The only thing that I cared about at this point, looking at Giant Gonzalez, was this fucking bodysuit that he was wearing at this time. Dean, please explain it. <laughs> um, I got nothing. Oh, I got shit. nothing. Um, Dean IRS, is speechless for the first time in his life. IRS is number 18. Uh, Tatanka coming in at number 19. Um, like Typhoon at number 21. It was oh, yeah. just earthquake at 22 we had the full-blown weather system entering the match in the 20s um oh, yeah so you know carlos cologne comes in at number 23 it's just ridiculous and then if finally- here's a funny thing carlos cologne comes in the ring and gorilla monsoon's like oh this young up-and-comer he was 43 in this match yeah it's <laughs> ridiculous uh rick martell comes in at 25 and then finally like where things start to i guess pick up for the end you know, Yokozuna coming in at number 26, um, wearing a giant diaper as he did for his whole career in WWE. Um, you know, Repo Man 26. <laughs> I'm sorry, 27 was Repo Man. Uh, the Rocket Owen Hart comes in. Um, the final four, what a final four this was. Backlund, Martel, Savage, and Yokozuna. You know, Randy Savage was a number three, uh, number 30 entrant. Um, I've come to pin Yokozuna in the Royal Rumble match. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's oh. yeah, it, and we get to the final two. Uh, it's Savage and Yoko. The big man worked them over in the corner. Savage fought back with kicks. Yoko has yet to go down. Savage went up to the top to hit him with a double axe handle. The crowd went is, is going nuts because at this point, Yoko is teetering. 
Yoko went down to one knee. Savage charged in, and Yoko dropped him with a super kick. I guess you could say that. Yoko huh. dropped Savage with a belly-to-belly and a leg drop. Uh, Yoko charged at him in the corner and hit a backsplash. Yoko went for another one. Savage moved. Yoko hit the buckle and fell down. Uh, Savage at the top rope with an elbow. And then here we go. Randy Savage <laughs> covers Yokozuna for the pin. <laughs> Yoko presses Savage over the top of the floor. I thought it was just an awful fucking finish. Um, it's just silly that they would have Savage go for a pinfall in a match with no pinfalls just to show Yoko's power um, to throw him over the top rope. Um, after 66 and a half minutes, Yoko wins the Royal Rumble. Okay, so some thoughts on the Rumble here. I The talent in this Rumble is the worst in the history of the company, and it's like by far the worst ever. Um, and again, we talked about that in the beginning. It was due to the overhaul that happened for the steroid trial. Um, it just had nothing. It offered nothing. The, the perfect flair stuff was excellent. I thought the crowd was hot for that. Um, I love the chemistry that, they, that those two have together. And they had some very good matches as well. Um, the Undertaker getting attacked by Giant Gonzalez to set up this awful feud. I, I guess made sense since that's what we saw at WrestleMania. Um, worst feud in the history of Undertaker's career. But mm-hmm. still, at the time, you know, you have it, 1993. It's, it's a kid organization. I'm seven years old and I'm loving seeing these two behemoths in the ring together. So it was definitely an attraction based feud. I was all for it at the time. Now I look at it and go like, God, this is dog shit. But at the time, uh, I guess it made money. I don't know. Well, as Uh, I, uh, as I told you, as I told you, Chris, I was watching it. That was kind of the start where it was like a good four year period where they just kept putting Taker up against big guys who it seemed like would beat, you know, it was this King Kong Bundy fake, fake undertaker. Uh, Brian, Brian Lee. Diesel. It was. Diesel. Like they, they, they were just sticking him up against big guys because they really had nothing for him. Yep. I forgot somebody else. The ruler of the world. That was, yeah, that was the, the rest, uh, WrestleMania 13. 13. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, some quick uh, facts about this, uh, this pay per view. Probably that doesn't get ever gets mentioned, and I don't know why. Bob Backlund lasted 61 minutes. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Yokozuna had seven eliminations. Um, my best performers were Bob Backlund. He lasted the longest by far, so you got to give him props. Um, obviously, he's not outstanding, but to be in the Rumble for 61 minutes, my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually looking at the stats uh, right here, Chris. Backlund was in for 61 minutes, 16 seconds. The second longest time was Ted DiBiase at 24. Unbelievable. So think of that like that gap. Yeah. Uh, it was normal compared to like the guy who's in the second longest. Yeah. Um, and, and his record would hold for 11 years until Chris Benoit broke it in 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, Mr. Perfect is my next best performer. He, I'm going to give him and Flair the nod here. Both their energy was fantastic. I wish he was, you know, booked to be in that last final four because I think Mr. Perfect deserved it. Um, they needed his talent in there a lot longer than it was. And then y- Yokozuna, he was put over <laughs> so huge here. Um, 
if Savage was in a little bit longer, I think obviously he would have gotten this spot, but I think Savage was on his way out of being an in-ring performer at this time. Um, but Yoko did great in that monster role. This was before Yoko's weight got really out of hand. Um, Cause at this time, man, Yoko could move and he, he could mm-hmm. actually do some things in the ring. Um, but overall I, I gave this pay-per-view um, a three out of 10. Um, I, the only really redeeming quality that this pay-per-view has is to me is Brett and razor. Um, I, I thought Brett and razor, I mean, that should have been a WrestleMania match. It was, those two could have done really well um, together. Yeah, I agree, um, Chris. Yeah. Uh, your thought, George? Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's not a good pay-per-view. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you on three out of ten. I thought Brenton Razor was the only redeeming quality because we look at the we look at the Rumble matches. It's largely forgettable except for the fact that Yokozuna won because you know Randy Savage tried to pin him. But I'm looking at the like like these survival times. That mm-hmm. I've got up here. Jerry Sags was in a match for 21 minutes. Why? 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 He's never it. been in a match that long his entire life. Like it's 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 insane to me. Um, just the I don't want to say lack of talent, but just like like the names that they have, where you're like this person is even in the company at this point. Jeez, that's ridiculous. Um. Oh. <laughs> um Berserker. all right so like uh, i don't know how rick martell lasted to the final four but <laughs> i know i know martell was good in the ring though yep yeah i liked martell um in like that those late 80s in the beginning of the 90s i thought martell's gimmick was really good um, i'm shocked that he's not in the hall of fame me too i wonder if there's a falling out there for all the random people that have been put in the hall of fame that really unfortunately should not either should not be in or not in yet i'm shocked that martel hasn't been put in i agree um dean your rating of the, of the show i'd give it like a three yeah the, the, I, that main well, not the main event but the title match is the only thing that's worth a damn i agree um before we get out of here guys i want to since we are 15 hours away from an nfl playoff game of first week Mm. I want to do some NFL predictions. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, wrestling show. Wow. Yeah, man. Um, first game is Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Raiders at Bengals. Who do you guys got? I got Bengals. Okay. The Raiders. No, the Bengals. <laughs> I, Bur- Bur- Burrow is hot right now. Yeah. He's the hot I, hand. I agree. For some reason, I was talking to a coworker today. I feel like this is like the going to be like this, an odd upset. And I feel like the Raiders are going to win by like three and it's going to be funky. And I don't know how, I think it's going to be high scoring, like a, like a 34, 31 type game. Um, So, but um, I could see either the Raiders winning by three or losing by 17. So it's, it's going to be either or. Like they either win by three or they're gonna get blown out. Like there's no yeah. I don't think they win by three or lose by 30. Yeah, it's 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 either or. Um a really good game. I know, I know who Dean's going with here. 8 15 p.m. Patriots at Bills. Patriots. And I know why. <laughs> Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. <laughs> man. That, that dude, fuck that yeah. guy, man. I actually also have the Patriots winning as well. I just have Bill Belichick. I think he's going to go in there saying, I got Mac Jones. I'm going to win a playoff game. I'm going to win it in Buffalo. How about you, George? 
Nah, I got Bills over Patriots. <laughs> um. All right, here we go. Just to, see, just to get the reaction out of Dean. All All Josh Allen had to do was get me one fucking point in my fantasy league, and I would have made the playoffs. One point. He could have ran for two yards. It would have yep. given me one point, mm-hmm. and I would have been in the playoffs. <clears throat> um. Here we go. The I think the probably the biggest up in the air game of the weekend, and I'll t- explain why. So the first game on Sunday, 1 p.m., Eagles at Buccaneers. Um, Tampa Bay all the way, baby. George? Tampa Bay. So I have Tampa winning as well. But, however, there's apparently supposed to be a mega, mega nor'easter storm that's going to be hitting Tampa Bay near game time Mm. to where the the winds will reach up to 40 miles per hour. The reason why that's not good. So there was a, an odds maker that was on the radio today saying, if the storm passes, he said, if you're better, do not bet this game until 1230 to on Sunday. Because if the storm doesn't hit Tampa at that time, you take Tampa Bay all, and, you know, that nine point spread all the way. But if that storm hits, they, he said the spread in Vegas will probably drop to like five because the Eagles have the number one rushing team in the league. So if there's winds at 30, 40 miles per hour, they're going to start favoring the Eagles because of their run game. So that's going to be very interesting to watch, just basically up to game time, what the weather's going to be like in Tampa Bay. But I still have Tampa Bay winning regardless. I have Tampa by 40. Tampa by 40. Um, (laughs) Here we go. I hate the Eagles so much. I cannot live in a world where the Eagles have eliminated Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You will never live it down. I mean, the Eagles have eliminated Tom Brady before, so it's not like a new thing for Tom to lose to the Eagles. Well, but... he's unlimited. He's eliminated them as well. But you know what? That's true. I don't care. I've watched two Super Bowl wins in my fucking lifetime. That's true. What the Eagles I've... got. Well, I've watched... waited 80 years for that bullshit. I have you. also. Well, I mean, I, I've <laughs> the worst seen, franchise yeah, I... of football. We have. We have one more Super Bowl win. Than I know. You guys it's, do. It's, it's, and it's we ridiculous. got it first. Yeah. In our first uh, try, not our third, not our fourth. First try. Yeah. Uh, 4.30, the biggest, <laughs> um, 4.30, the biggest matchup of the entire playoffs, especially based on just history and, and just the rivalry. Uh, 49ers at Cowboys. Um, George, obviously, you're, you're, you're going star all the way. Um, George, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I'm, I'm thinking Cowboys. I want to, I want to sit there and say, you know, and, and maybe say the Niners, but Garoppolo is extremely hit and miss. Mm-hmm. And if he, I mean, if he has just one off game, like that's it. Yep, and I the, agree. and the Dallas D de- and the Dallas defense has been playing really well over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, Dean. Uh, I'm going to go Niners. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's just a feeling I got. I think they're hot right now. Yeah. Or both um, teams are hot. Yeah. But I just got this feeling that the Niners are going to win the game. Like, I think it's going to be like 35, 31 Niners. Like, I think it's it's going to be, be awesome. Like, yeah. I think it's going to be yeah. an awesome game. No, no, no. What's going to happen is the the Cowboys are going to win. They're going to go into green Bay and they'll lose on some janky bullshit to make Aaron Rodgers look good again. Um, yes, uh, Des caught it. Des uh, caught it. 
Listen, man, we all know what Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is going to do these playoffs. He's going to choke. Oh, absolutely. He's he gonna... the biggest choke arse in the history of the NFL. Yeah, he the only the fucking Super Bowl. Yep. against a better team, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "This guy's greatest quarterback of all time." Yeah, well, how about you stop choking? <laughs> so, greatest quarterback of all time until January hits. Exactly. Um, so for for, for five thousand yards once in your career, please. <laughs> Guy barely throws for four thousand. Um, so for for me, I, it's man, I've been thinking about it all week. Like literally, I I've been stressing about it all day today. I. So the, these are literally the two hottest teams in the last 11 weeks. The Eagles, I'm sorry, the Niners are, well, the Eagles are too. Um, the I'd Niners. i playing the fucking Giants and the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, you know, twice each in, uh, in a the, six-week period. The Niners have the best record in the NFL in the last 11 weeks, right? Eight and three. The, the, um, the Cowboys are right there as well. Not eight and three, but I think they're seven and four. Um, and I, I look at it this way, and George brings up a great point. If the game comes down to Garoppolo, then you're you're in a little bit of trouble. But I, I look at it this way. The Niners have the number one overall rush defense in the league and the number six overall defense in the NFL. They also have the best running game in the league. So if the Niners run and they run well in the beginning – they're going to they're going to win the game because they're going to control the clock and the more you can keep Dak off the field with that offense you're going to win the game. If they if they have Garoppolo throwing the ball, you're going to have a problem. Um but I just feel like this matchup is the most evenly balanced matchup in the NFL right now and it's just going to be spectacular. These two have not played each other in the playoffs in 26 years. So that's how freaking like huge this game is. Um, so I'm 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 looking forward to it. I think the spread right now is three. Um, I think that's how the game's going to end up. I think it's going to go three either way. Um, I'm going to go San Fran, but I think it's going to be just one of those games where I'm going to be in my living room, pacing for three hours, and it's going to be brutal. Um, but yeah, very much uh, looking forward to that. And then the final game. Real quick, is a Monday night football. I'm sorry, the last two games. I'm sorry, Sunday night football. Steelers at Chiefs. I think we know how that's going to go. Um, I just I I had the Chiefs winning like 41 to to 13 because the the Steelers just can't they just can't score points. <laughs> 41 to two, and they look at that safety because Mahomes gets bored and just walks out of the end zone. <laughs> uh, Dean, who do you have in that game? It was Chiefs and who again? Chiefs and Steelers. Chiefs. Yeah. Um, last game, Monday Night Football for the playoffs. It's pretty cool. Cardinals at Rams. And I feel like this can be an upset central with the Cardinals um, because you have, you know, two quarterbacks here that can give you a couple, Stafford being the main one. Um, but I think I'm still going to go with the Rams. I think the Rams get a playoff win here. What do you think, George? I'm thinking Rams, um, because just because they have a pretty stout defense, yeah. and Stafford has more weapons than Kyler Murray has. Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Dean. I think the Rams are going to win this game. I, there, I mean, the Cardinals started what seven and zero. Yeah, and then finished like twelve and five. Yeah, <laughs> I know. yeah. So I mean, um, I know Kyler was out for a few games, but I just think the Rams are going to win. I, listen. 
if there's one team I hate more than the Eagles, it's the Rams and the Falcons. But well, it, I despise it because listen, I'm not gonna make it a bones about it. I'm a Bucks and a Saints fan, and both of my teams have been dealt bullshit controversial calls against the Rams. I agree. So, I agree. Ricky Prohl in uh ninety nine. Ricky Prohl. And, and uh we all Number know 81. the the, 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 the Nolan no call that cost probably yeah. cost Drew Brees a second Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. So. Um yeah, I mean I, I hate the Rams too. I love the fact that the Niners are six and zero in their last six games against them. It's friggin' amazing. Um so uh yeah, that was fun. Um next week when we do the next hot tag, we'll do another another round of predictions for the uh, NFL playoffs. Um, thank you guys very much. This has been the 1993 Royal Rumble and our picks for week um, one of the NFL playoffs. So this was a lot of fun. Uh, boys, thank you very much for staying up late. George, you had another long day. Uh, Dean, you as well. Um, I was off today. I worked tomorrow. You just let me give you some credit here. <laughs> But uh, all right, guys, anything. I know, I know. Uh, definitely check out Big Geek Energy. Our brand new episode is up now. We give oh, a little it? bit of it. Yeah, it's up. Oh, I, did, I yeah. meant to listen to it then. Damn it. Yeah, it's up. Thanks for telling us. I yeah, thought jerk. I did. My yeah, apologies. Jerk. jerk. Sorry. Big old jerk. <laughs> brother, brother, brother. Brother, <laughs> brother, brother, brother. <laughs> um, uh, check out Big Geek Energy. Uh, you have a multiverse movie podcast. The coming out one coming out this weekend. Uh, probably Monday night. Monday night, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of football, and it's gonna be tough to to record. But well, um, George works all day Sunday, and uh, we're mm. going to the movies tomorrow night. So, oh, see, so Scream Five, correct? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm just going right. to have fun. <laughs> um, I'll, uh, I hope the you first two Scream movies, so I'm going to be lost. Mm. Uh, hope you, <laughs> hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, enjoy the NFL, uh, and I will catch you guys next week where we will talk about. Uh, the Rock, 2000 and 2001. Uh, what a run that was. You talk about, you know, when you think the company with the Golden Goose goes down for a year with Stone Cold, you think that the company might be in trouble. Oh, no. The company was actually never hotter in 2000, 2001. So um, looking forward to covering the great one next week. Um, so, everybody, thank you very much. Uh, the Hot Tag Podcast on Instagram. Check us out there. Uh, catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.